Uh, this week is week two of Red Light, Green Light. Y'all remember the game, Red Light, Green Light. I won't review. Y'all go back to last week and check out the intro to week one. But you know the game. They said green light, you ran. They said red light, you stopped. And if you ran when you were supposed to stop on the red light, you had to start over. And I just feel that God doesn't want you to start over a lot this year. And, uh, he, but he wants you to, to set your life at a pace, to, to create some rhythm in your life, to have some discernment, to know when to pause, when to stop, when to slow down. And so this series is all about pausing for progress, learning how to pause throughout the year so that you can make progress. And so week two, the red light in week two is powerful prayer. Someone say powerful prayer. So we're going to stop throughout the year so we can pray and not just pray, but we're going to pray some powerful prayers. Okay. A few things have impacted my life, um, like prayer, a few things I I would put. Uh, a healthy church home up there with prayer. Healthy church for 17 years has personally pushed my life forward. It's been a catalyst in my life. And, uh, and scripture has played a major part in the advancement of everything that the Lord has done. And, uh, and up there is prayer. Prayer is, prayer is vital. Prayer is, uh, prayer is the principal thing. I believe. And so we're going to talk a little bit about prayer today. But before we get into some some steps and and, and some thoughts, I want to teach a little bit on um, the action of prayer or three components that make up prayer. And so, number one, if you're taking notes, prayer, when we pray, we speak to God. We speak to God when we pray. We speak to him. We we uh, we we share our hearts and what's on our minds. We can be real with God about our desires and our concerns. Uh, But it's also important to realize that when you pray, that scripture is a great catalyst when it comes to prayer. Scripture moves God. It's important that you learn the Bible so that you know what to pray. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in about 20 minutes or so. Um, But the second one is to rest in the Father or to rest in God. When we pray, we rest um, sometimes you can come into the presence of God and you don't know what to say. <laughs> you, you don't know, you know, you have nothing to say, but you, you just, you're here. Right. Like, Lord, I'm, you ever, yeah, show of hands, you ever felt that way when you come? It's like, I'm here. Yeah. And the Bible says that that's okay. In the book of Romans, it says, when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit is praying for you. Right. And Jesus is on the right hand of the Father interceding on your behalf. So, so the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father, he just needs you to come into the presence. And what are they talking about? Well, they're talking about the perfect will of the Father for your life. So, so to just create some time to come before God and just rest. There have been prayer moments where I've just laid down or put my head on my desk and I get up, but I feel renewed. I feel restored. I haven't said anything, but God in his grace, he still moves. All right. And then number three, we hear from God. We, we hear from the Lord. We, we, God, God wants to speak to us. So prayer is a dialogue. It's not just I speak and I leave. It's I speak and I sit for a moment. So uh, yesterday during morning prayer, uh, I had a short teaching and I prayed for about two or three minutes. And then we released people to go and pray. 
And my hope and my prayer was that they heard something from God. Um, and God speaks. This is important. You're going to see this as a running theme today. God speaks from his scripture. So my prayer is that as you fast over the next 14 days, that you would devour scripture, that you would consume scripture because you can be in prayer. God can say something. But if you don't know the language of scripture, you won't even know it was God who spoke. And so it's important that you, you get into the scripture. And so um, I encourage you to read a few verses a day and God is going to speak. All right. James five, the brother of Jesus said this, James five. He said this, verse 16 B, the earnest, someone say earnest. That means passionate, fervent, fire prayer, like going after God when you're in prayers, yelling out, screaming out to the Lord, crying out of a righteous person. So Jesus makes us righteous, has great power and produces wonderful results. Here it is. This is key. Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. I love, I love that in the text. That, that really stands out. Elijah was a human just like you. But when he prayed, God moved. And this just tells me that uh, God listens to all people when they cry out. He listens to, to, to all people, no matter your past no matter your present, no matter some decisions you made before, mistakes, no matter the dysfunction or the brokenness in your life, God wants to hear from you. That's right. That's right. God, God wants to spend time with you. God wants to minister to you. I think about um, the woman with the issue of blood, who back in Jesus's day was ceremonially unclean. So um, she, she, it, it was against the law for her to approach anyone much less a spiritual leader, right? But, but Jesus met her with her issue. He heard her out. He healed her pain. He heard her cry. Power left him, and he healed her life. I think about the woman caught in adultery, the woman that was caught in her mess. She was caught in the act of adultery. Jesus slowed himself down. He got on her level. He heard from her. He restored her. He renewed her. He ministered to her. He gave her a future, and it's because God wants to hear from you. I think about the disciples and how crazy they were, right? He was all up in the middle of their lives. He cared about every detail of their lives, and he answered every prayer that they had, and it's because God wants to hear from you. God cares about what you care about, and he wants to do something about it. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, someone say when. when. So as a Christian, it's not if. It's a matter of when. Okay, so when you pray, he's given us instructions. Go by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private in the secret place. Someone say secret place. Secret place. Right, right, right. That's my favorite part of that song. It's secret place. It's so beautiful. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. So that will there is future tense. So, so, so a lot of future blessings are contingent upon present prayers. So a lot of the things that you could otherwise step into 
will find its genesis in your prayers today. But if you don't pray it, you won't step into it tomorrow. Okay, so I want to give you three ingredients of powerful prayer. Number one is time. Number one is time. Time is a key ingredient for powerful prayer. This is King David, Psalm 55, verse 16. But I will call on God and the Lord will rescue me. Here it is. Morning, noon and night. I cry out in my distress and the Lord hears my voice. Someone say time. time. He says every morning at noon, it's 12, 12 p.m. right now, right now and at nighttime before I go to bed, I'm going to I'm going to pray. And then Daniel, I think of people like Daniel, who who was in exile. Um, Israel was was in sin. They were unrepentant. So God sent Babylon to take them from the promised land to Babylon. God will often allow a nation to fall in sin. So that that nation would repent and come back to God. But I'm like, why we got to fall into sin in the first place? That's stupid. All right. Sorry. I was doing so good. All right. And so um, he went to Babylon as an exile at 15 years old. Then because Babylon was a sinful nation, he allowed Persia to take them over. And then Daniel is elevating through the ranks, no matter the society, because of his value system and his excellence and his faith. God is still elevating him. And so now he's one of the most powerful men in Persia. Right. And so now there's a law that he can't go to church. There's a law that he can't pray. And I wonder what we would do if there were laws against us praying and gathering like this and reading the Bible. A woman about a month ago in the UK was just arrested for standing on the sidewalk and praying in her mind. And now she's facing charges of protest and treason and all this crazy stuff because she was standing on the sidewalk praying in her mind. And so Daniel kind of gives us some guidance and a great example as to as to what we should do in that situation. But more so for a lifestyle of prayer, it says this here. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down as usual. Someone say as usual. In his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always, someone say always, always always done, giving thanks to his God. Now, in Daniel chapter one, he's 15 In Daniel chapter six, he's 80. So the Bible says just as he had always done, always done what prayed how many times, three times a day for 65 years. Now, if you understand the scripture, this, this, this situation, this prayer moment precedes Daniel in the lion's den, right? So he would be prosecuted for praying. He'd be thrown in a lion's den for praying. But the Bible says that the Lord closed the mouths of the lion. So what's the takeaway here? The takeaway is, is that powerful prayer precedes miracles. Pa- come on now. Powerful prayer. And not, and not just powerful prayer, but consistent, fervent, earnest prayer. It's like you can't just ask God once. You can't just ask him in January. You got you to gotta keep praying. February, March, April, May, June. You know what I mean? You got to keep praying for, for, for time. Someone say time. So, so two things here. David went from shepherd boy to king. Daniel went from exile to prime minister. 
and I will argue this, that the source of their success was their time with God. The source of their peace, the source of their wisdom, the source of their prosperity. I mean, as a, let's think financially, a prime minister. Let's think King David. King David left billions of dollars for Solomon to build the nation and to build the temple and to live on. But they all started at the bottom. The source of their effectiveness, their success, their peace, their strength came from spending time with the Lord. Put your hands together if that's good. I, I just, man, it, it goes back to that old adage, right? Work smarter, not harder. Right. Abraham Lincoln said um, a man who tries to cut down a, a, a tree with a dull axe is an unwise man. But if it would stop and take time to just sharpen the axe. Right. Right. It, it won't take as much time to chop that tree down. Prayer is sharpening the axe. Fasting is sharpening the axe. And that's why God responds to it. So that's why it produces wonderful results. Through, through, through prayer. And so the key question now is, when do I spend time with God? We need to ask ourselves this every day. When, when do I spend time with God? It sounds like last week, did I pray today? Right? Did I pray today? Or when, did I, when do I spend time with God? Right? For me personally, just to give you some nuggets, some, you know, some, some encouragement, for me it's every morning. This morning I woke up at 5.50. I got down in our living room around six and I read Genesis 13, Abraham and Lot. I read Psalm 40 and then I prayed. Oh, set my day, set my day. I, I, I can't start my day without prayer. And this was this practice was way before I even wanted to be a pastor. This was way in college as a teenager, right? 19. I'm praying. I, I can't. It's something off when I don't start my day in his presence, resting in him. Number two, the second ingredient is place. All right. Very early in the morning, Mark chapter one. This is Jesus. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Right. Jesus went to his place. Someone say place. Place. So when you pray, you need a place. You need a place. When you read the Gospels, when you read about the life of Christ, Christ always had a place before he made any big decisions. He went to his place. Before he chose the disciples, he went to his place. Before he walked on water, he went to his place. Right? He, he prayed and went to his place of prayer because it's in, it's it's from your place that you win the day. That's right. That's good. This is what I've come to learn in 17 years. It's from your place of prayer that you win the day. It's from your place where you get confidence and you get clarity and and God speaks and the Holy Spirit strengthens and and you're like I'm going to take that step of faith. But you won't have that resolve or that strength unless you meet God in that place. So you got to have that place. So is your place the kitchen table? Is it your room? Is it the foot of your bed on your knees? Is, is it, for me, weirdly enough, sometimes it's in the shower, right? It ain't my choosing. That'd be the Lord. The Lord just come in there and I'm like, oh, God, what are you doing? I'm bathing. 
He's like, I want to talk to you. I'm like, Lord, step back. As if he doesn't see everything. Because oh. I know the word, Lord. So the question is, is where do I spend time with God? Where? Someone say where. Where? where? Sometimes it's in your car, but you, you need that, that place. It's from that place, right? Number three is desire. Desire is a key ingredient to powerful prayer. Desire. Desire, if you're taking notes, is a longing or, or craving for something. And what I've come to find out about the Lord is that desire fuels the move of God. When there's no desire, heaven does not move. When heaven's just like, because God is always looking, okay, they're good, Netflix. All right, they're good with eight to five. Okay, they've been doing that for 10 years. They're still complaining about that. Oh, this one want to grow. Then, then heaven starts to get the angels and the Holy Spirit begins to move and, and, and do all those things because desire fuels God. God, God, let me put it to you this way. God is a motion sensitive God. And so when you get to moving, he gets moving. When you start praying, he starts preparing, right? So it's important that you have a longing or a craving for something. That's why last week we said make the decision every day to go uphill. Because as long as you're willing to go uphill, God is going to give you the strength. But if you're complacent, and if you're, you're good where you at, God has nothing to do. But it's a desire to keep moving forward and to, and to keep growing. Now, here's the key question, though. Do my desires please God? Do my desires please God? And you're like, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I hope they do. I think they do. Well, let me help you out. Okay, here's the good news. Scripture reveals what pleases God. Scripture reveals. So, so if we would go to the book and if we would read it, guys, I mean, like, really, like, get into this fast. Like, you can read it after the fast. But what I'm saying is the reason we're fasting is to interrupt life. And we're saying we're going to go to work, we're going to go to school, but we're coming home. Like, we're not going to do anything extra. We're going to rest. We're going to read. We're going to pray. We might watch one show, but we're really devoting this month to the Lord. This is an opportunity for you to get into scripture and say, God, give me a desire for your word. Feed me your word. Reveal to me your wonderful truths. Give me revelation. And then when you start to know what pleases God, you'll start to know what to pray. And so part of my reading yesterday was Psalm 19. And it's so funny that God led me to this on Saturday because I was going to be preaching about powerful prayer and desires on Sunday. So Psalm 19, David is talking for 10 verses about how amazing the Bible is, how amazing the word of God is. And then verses 10 through 11, he starts to say, like, cleanse me, change me, transform me. And then he ends the psalm at verse 14. He says this, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing. Someone say pleasing. To you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So it's almost like he got a revelation of what God wanted. And then he started to pray, Lord, may my desires be your desires. And may your desires be my desires. 
And may everything I say and pray and may everything I think be pleasing in your sight. So I think that one of the most powerful things that you can pray during this 21 day fast is Lord change my heart, cleanse me, purify my desires. If they don't glorify you, if they don't honor you, if it's not according to thine will, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. But I want my, my thoughts and my words to please you. And, and, and when you adjust and shift your heart and your desires to match God's desires, you make it very easy for God to bless you. But when you're praying and asking God for things that you only want and it has nothing to do with his glory, nothing to do with Jesus, nothing to do with the church, nothing to do with the kingdom, God has to then work around stuff in your life to bless you versus during this fast saying, Lord, cleanse me, purify me, transform me, give me your desires. I love this. King David's son, Solomon, history records that Solomon was the wisest man to ever live and he was the wealthiest man to ever live. And so he assumed kingship and uh, right before he really started to get to work, uh, we're going to jump right here in 1 Kings 3 verse 5. It says, that night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? What are your desires? What do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Wouldn't you love that? That'd be a good day. I said, what do you want? Ask and I give it to you. That's a great day. That's a great day. I don't want to hit you with an uppercut. Well, I'm going to hit you with an uppercut. Every morning you wake up, God asks you this question. Every morning you wake up, he asks you this question. You may not hear him. You may not recognize him. But and so I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the answer. The thing you should say to God. Here it is. Watch Solomon. Solomon replied, you show great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. Character is everything. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David. But I am like a, a child who doesn't know his way around. I'm inexperienced. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Here it is. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? says this here, the Lord was pleased. Someone say pleased. pleased. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or will ever have. And I, here it is. This is the key. And I will also give you what you did not ask for. This is when it gets good. Riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me, if you have character, if you live with integrity, if you honor me, if you don't put me away when you go to work, if you don't put me away when you go to school, but if you, if you put, oh, Jesus Christ. If you follow me, obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you long life. Here's the takeaway. 
God answers prayers that please him. God answers prayers that please him. If God were to answer prayers that didn't please him, it will be a detriment to your life. God loves you too much to answer a prayer that does not align with his will for your life. And so it's in the scripture where we learn what pleases what pleases God. So for 17 years, as, as I followed Christ for the Lord, I followed the Lord now for 17 years. And I'm going I'm to give you some general things I've prayed about for 17 years. Some, you should write these down. I've always prayed for, here it is, number one, godly character. Lord, I, I want to be like you. That's what you call sanctification. Help me to look more like you, Jesus. And when I fall, lift me up and help me to keep walking. But I, I want godly character because character will get you places that talent, right? Hard work, work that, you know, it, those things will get you places that talent and charisma and connections never will. But give me your character, Jesus. I want to be like you. Give me a godly marriage. I started praying for, for my marriage when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. I want a godly marriage. That's God's will. You can find that in scripture. That's, that pleases him, right? Give me a healthy family. So much of my family is dysfunctional and disconnected and torn apart and broken. Lord, I want a healthy, wholesome family. God, that's a prayer that God can answer. That's a prayer he wants. God can restore your family. You can God, restore, um, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Because wisdom is a spirit. Wisdom is not Jewish. Wisdom is not white. Wisdom is not black. Wisdom is a spirit that's looking for vessels. And when you have wisdom, prosperity finds you. Blessing finds you. Growth finds you. Maturity finds you. Opportunities find you. When you're just walking in wisdom, nah, that ain't a good decision. That's a good decision. Not a good opportunity. God opportunity. You got to have wisdom and you got to be patient. And you got to have a spirit of, of wisdom. I've always prayed this since I was 19. Give me the, the power and the strength to build the church. This was before I even wanted to be a pastor. I just wanted to build the church. Because Jesus says, I'm going to build my church. And if that's what Jesus is doing, I want to be a part of what Jesus is doing. That's a prayer that God can answer. Build the church in any, any city the Lord moves you to. Find a church, build the kingdom. And then I've always asked God for, for biblical clarity. Go ahead and write that down. Clarity. The Bible can be hard to understand. But if you ask for clarity before you read it, the Holy Spirit will open your understanding and God will begin to speak to you about your life. But before you read it, because it's a spiritual book, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to open up your spiritual eyes and your spiritual understanding. And whenever we pray what pleases God, let me encourage you with this. It won't come up on the screen, but the answer is always yes. The answer is always yes. So this is a fast. This fast is about renewing my desires. Repenting of desires that don't please God. 
and replacing those desires and those plans with that which does please God. And it says this here. Here's the promise. Uh, This is uh, John, 1 John. And we are confident, 1 John 5, that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Can we put our hands together for that promise? Come on. Come on. So, so good. Let me pray for you as we continue our fast. Father, we love you. Lord, I thank you for your children. God, I pray that you would bless them. Lord, that you would meet them at their place of greatest need. And Lord, I just pray for strength, revelation, wisdom. And God, when they are in prayer, touch them, speak to them. Move in their lives. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you all.